good day, good afternoon, good night. How you doing? This is MCM and you're listening to You're Probably Right. Today we are going to have a serious conversation. Well, maybe not a serious conversation, but there's going to be a serious talk happening here. Now, of course, I'm only doing the talking, but just stay tuned. What's up? This is MCM, and I'm your host of the podcast called You're Probably Right, where I give you a point of view, I give you ideas. Sometimes I pull it from the Bible, sometimes I pull it from my own mind, but again, they're just ideas. I'm not a professor of anything, I do not profess to be that, anyhow. But I can honestly tell you that you're welcome in my house anytime to come in take a listen and see what's up and see what I have to say. And today we are talking about (laughs) teamwork. Well, we'll see if we're talking about teamwork. Again, I got 10 questions and I'm just going to do my best from my standpoint, from what I've seen, from what I've learned, learned from what I've experienced, what I've been told, what, you know, anything that I've understood or understand about it. I'm going to do my best. I can't say how articulate I'm going to be today, but I'm going to do my best and hopefully you'll be able to, you know, follow along. So this is episode 101. This is season five. So you can imagine how many series, um, how many episodes are supposed to be in each season. Well, don't worry. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, but here we go. Anyhow. So first question How has your personal background and experience shaped your understanding and approach to teamwork? Um, As far as teamwork is concerned, I would say that it is, in the best case scenario, it was, it is where, you know, I guess like the old, I was Alexander Dumont, all for one, one for all like teamwork is more concerned about the team each individual part of the team pulls for the whole team pulls for the individual beside them in front of them wherever they would be but you're a team you're doing things for the betterment of the whole not necessarily for one person but a lot of the time to help the whole, you just need to help the person or the individual playing alongside you at that particular moment. <clears throat> and my background, I, I believe that it has taught me that from my parents. You know, they said used to say something called, um, one hand washes the other. And I mean, what does that do? It's like, if you wanted to wash your hands, you need the other one, right? So it's like, one hand washes the other. And in doing so, washing that other hand, guess what? You're washing the body. And also, the two hands that are now clean can now wash the rest of the body. So it's just like it's in and out and woven. And that's how it is in my culture, generally, or at least that's what people say. Now, I can't honestly say that it really works that way, because looking at the so-called black community, um... I wouldn't say it's always teamwork. I would say there's a lot of the time there's there's respect. But um, yeah, with the little cohorts that you may develop in your life, maybe uh, intermediate, in, intermediate. <laughs> in um, what am I saying? Your, I can't even think of the word now. Immediate. There you go. Your immediate family, um, and maybe just your family. You know, then there's. You know, those are teams. And then there's a team between you and um, maybe the person you're in relationship with or the people you work with or um, the people in your town, city, um, culture, whatever, belief system, you're a team to some way, shape or form. And the only way to see that your team is successful is to help your teammates. In what ways have you had to navigate challenges related to race, gender, while working in a team environment? Well, (laughs) 
I can honestly tell you that it gets weird, you know, like I've been brought up in Toronto, you know, a black kid, definitely black. You look at me, you see a black guy, you don't see anything else, maybe an idiot, but um, <laughs> a pudgy idiot these days. Um, but, you know, being a part of a team for me has had its challenges, especially when they've been actually, no, no matter what. You've had teams where, you know, cultural and culture, race, stuff like that doesn't really um, factor in so much in how you fight for each other, whether it be on a football field, a, um, ice hockey rink or playing roller or playing basketball or playing ones, twos or full court basketball. Um, I've played with every race on the court. Same time, not obviously not every race, but people from, say, the European descent, the African descent, um, different parts of Asia, all on the court at the same time or on the football field to, to at the same time on the same team. And for the most part, I think it worked as a team. Um, but I can honestly say as far as in work now, sometimes it's a little bit different. You have individuals who are not necessarily fighting for the team. You have um, individuals on a team who hate other team members. You have team members that want to belittle other team members or put them in their place. You have people trying to exalt themselves to the front of everything. You have the you have individuals sowing deceit and trouble amongst everything and everyone. So in those cases, when you have those negative bits and pieces inside of a team, which generally, because we're humans and we are flawed, Generally, there's little bits and pieces of those types of people, individuals on a team. And to overcome those setbacks or those misgivings of your team, you have to be able to be humble and look past other people's faults and look to do the greater good for your team, even if that's not the necessary focus or necessarily the focus of others on your team, sadly. Hmm. How has being a single father influenced your approach to teamwork and collaboration? Hmm. Well, for me, I would say it's just knowing that I have to teach teamwork to my kids. I mean, I'm an individual who has kind of taught my kids that, you know what, love dad, love mom. Do all you can for mom. Don't make me, though, personally, I say this to them. I can't say what a mother would say. But I say, don't make me your focus. Focus on helping your siblings, the main focus. But yes, if you see me struggling with something, there should be a part inside of you. And I try to teach them that they're for that look for that part inside of you who will come alongside and say, hey, dad, do you need this or do you need that hey dad i'm gonna wash the dishes or hey dad let me shovel the snow because you're an old bean and maybe you, you can't go as you used to go or hey dad let me you know pick up my little brother or my little sister here or there or like you know stuff like that and it's just pulling i i try to teach them i guess the concept of the three musketeers or whatever i i try to teach them the the fundamentals of being a good teammate and being a good example because a lot of the time you know there's always somebody new coming into the fold and there's always someone who has a little bit more experience or know-how on how to navigate things that they can teach to the new ones or the younger ones and there's always one who is younger or less um, knowledgeable about anything that needs to take a back seat at times and just listen and at the same time, the new the, the ones who have been there for a long time may sometimes have to take the back seat to someone who is just more talented in an area. It shouldn't be just because you're, say, 25 and your sibling's 11 that you should know everything about the computer or you should know everything about how every word on the planet is spelled. Maybe they know when you don't know. But realizing that there is so much that we all have to learn from each other and there's so much that we just don't know we have to understand that one thing that can help a team work and grow is 
if people stay humble, no matter what part of the team you're on, no matter who you are, as far as the team is concerned, whether you are a team leader, whether you are um, the last person to be used in any situation, or whether you're the person who is always handling business and getting things right. There's a time for everything. There's a time to push harder for yourself, to bring everybody behind you. There's a time to back up. There's a time to defend yourself. There's a time to defend other people. These all are important things when it comes to teamwork. And I try to teach these things to my kids. Next question. How have the loss of your siblings impacted your ability to work in a team and your relationship with your colleagues? <laughs> well, that's kind of mixed. But um, as far as lo- the loss of my siblings are concerned, um, all I can do is be there for um, one of my siblings' kids, even though they're big men now. Um, maybe it might just be to lend an ear. Maybe it's to, you know, breathe a word of encouragement to them or to let them know that, you know, they still got me and they still have their cousins. Um, Maybe it's just me working alongside my one sibling that I have left to um, help take care of my mom. Um, Letting my my kids know that they need to be a little bit more helpful, almost like their aunt would be as far as with my older sister and my mother. Um, there's just, it's just, you know, the smaller you get, the tighter you should be. But I understand also that things like death and marriage and births somehow divide people. It's really weird how those things generally you would assume, you know, you have three kids and you lose one, you figure the two will become really close. And it happens many times, but sometimes it doesn't happen that way because a lot of things in our lives tend to happen in in ways that don't necessarily promote togetherness unity sometimes those types of things you have to actually fight to be together you have to fight to be unified sometimes just being able to be around each other without the others around sometimes that can make things funny sometimes there's ideas that you have like say a couple siblings are gone or one sibling is gone there's maybe unfinished business or unsaid words that leaves clouds over relationships because at the end of the day very few of us get to determine or to even many times know the day we're going to pass away and therefore many of us are not afforded the ability or the opportunity to maybe break up some fallow ground or heal some wounds or put some band-aids on some cuts you know what I mean Have you ever experienced ageism in the workplace? (laughs) And if so, how has this affected your experience of work in teams? Um, not really. The only thing that I can say I honestly have ever experienced when it comes to ageism is um, sometimes when I'm speaking to an individual who is a part of a team or part of the team that I'm on and I may come across as a as a more of a parental figure to ones that are very young or maybe the age of my own um, kids where I'll hear something like you're not my dad and they'll be saying it in a joking way but you can kind of tell that it's like yeah buddy you're 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 coming out a little bit too strong um so I have to know when to just cool off you know maybe the person is half your age and they're making twice the money or they're making the same amount that you are many times there's no rank being where I'm from and you know my culture it sometimes feel like we've given the other cultures a head start in many areas of the corporate financial whatever worlds and you know if there's not a ball to be chased down and thrown for some reason it seems like we're behind the ball for some reason a ball in many cases I just have to sometimes just suck it up like everybody else. Ageism is just one of the things that people experience. And sometimes it's very, very subtle. And sometimes it's very harsh. As the youngest of four siblings, 
Have you found yourself taking on relationships, roles within teams, or have you tended to take a more collaborative approach? Um, I don't think being a, a younger sibling has had much to do with it, maybe for, as far as I'm concerned, because I think a lot of time I was pushed ahead because of the, our, my family dynamic. So maybe areas of things that maybe I was trying to help collaboratively do, I've had to sometimes um, play like I'm the big brother, even though I'm the baby brother of my family. I've had to say, no, this needs to be this way. And at the end of the day, I still, people know their, their positions. <laughs> so at the end of the day, if I have an older sibling say, this is this, it's like there was only so much I could do, especially if they were like given the con, if they were, given, <laughs> if they were, if they were given the, the conch, what was it called? The control, um, or the comp, maybe it's the comp, I can't remember, um, to to say what really goes down at the end of the day and unfortunately that wasn't me it isn't me so um i will do what i can to set things straight when i see fit but sometimes age sadly plays a role in many times of our lives that sometimes we wish it wouldn't because sometimes as i was saying earlier sometimes the younger knows more in certain areas i mean i'm just gonna experience different things than you will and we're we happen to be in the same family and i'm always standing on the south side of of things or the southeast or southwest side maybe i know how the sun shines a little bit more than you do or how how hot it is at two o'clock in the afternoon on a july day you know when the sun is shining it may be because you're always standing on the east, the northeast side. Maybe you know what it is to have to bundle up just before the sun hits the skies. You know what I mean? So um, collaboratively, <clears throat> I can't say I, I've i more taken on a role in, in most cases just to be the Band-Aid man. Um, I let people do whatever they need to do, whatever they think they should do. And then I usually find a piece of work and handle that and then when I'm finished mine if possible then I usually help um, fix somebody else's situation and make them straight so that's generally the the type of role I've taken I guess when I was able to put forth something I mean when I was younger I just didn't really have much say so at all under 12 years old because I was just that much younger than two of my siblings and the other one barely knew more than I did but still was given more responsibility because there was a two-year-old two two-year age um difference which I mean there's a big difference between being 12 and 14 you know or being 10 and being eight and you know it goes on but I mean as we got older like say 25 and 27 there wasn't much different okay <clears throat> next question how do you think your experience as a black man have informed your ability to communicate more uh, and work effectively with people from diverse backgrounds. Um, I mean, I could draw the lens of being a black man and, you know, maybe having to deal with all of the different um, struggles that we have. Um, and I mean, I believe all men and women have struggles and mine might be just different as it's been spoken in society for years um but i believe we are one race and we just have different little different struggles and sometimes it's um having people maybe value your intelligence despite what they think or what they've been told about your culture or what they think they know about your culture sometimes it's other people needing to step in front of you and try to defend you rather than looking at you and saying, oh, you're a big black man, so therefore you must be able to defend all like a gladiator, you know, or you're like Blade. <laughs> um, but as far as, um, if, you know, ability to communicate and work effectively with people of other um, diverse backgrounds, it's like sometimes I just, I, I think I get it a lot of the times because I've been held back in various parts of my life from, from um, in employment, from getting positions, from school, from being taken out of certain classes and not just helped, um, being judged, 
I know it is. And so when I see those things happening, I just try to take an approach that our level of melanin in our skin does not determine who I am and what my use is to a team. And I try to overshadow any shadow that is cast because of who people think I am. So sometimes, you know, it's been said that we have to work twice as hard for half as much. And sometimes it feels that way. You know, somebody was looking at paychecks and they were shocked to know what I make after being with the company for so long. I was like, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, the struggle is real. You know, I have some people talking about how their struggle is the same because they're from a certain um, cultural background here in Canada. And they're, you know, it, as soon as you hear black, you say, you hear this or you hear that. And it's like, everything's not the same. You can't just put everything together and say everything's the same. You can maybe be able to liken certain instances with, but I'm telling you, they are different <laughs> and that's all I can say about that I don't want to get too choppy in the cultural um, debate but um, it hasn't been easy in this country for most black people it has been easy I guess for some you know you will have outliers to every situation and story but um, I know when my father got here he had to work himself to the bone to to provide i know we had to do what he could do to help sponsor other individuals from our family to come to this country and i think maybe a few friends even and luckily most didn't let him down as far as him sticking his neck out for them or at least putting him his name on record for them to allow them the access to the country and i can't say it's always gone both ways i know i have family members that have um been sadly very disappointing and i mean maybe you know it's funny how families go when you think about teamwork um when my father passed away i have certain family members that just kind of like left us for dead in a sense i, I can't really um, explain it. It, it it's really sad because um i had certain family members who were say waiting for a certain amount of whatever they thought they were going to get and whatever they thought that my father had for them. And when things didn't really work out in that way, um, it, it was just funny. You learn who your real family is. And it's really sad. You know, usually in most family, if, you know, your, your, your um, uncle dies or a male in your family dies and maybe he's left a female to fend for herself, even with kids or without kids, there's usually male members who will rally around and maybe you know make sure that you know all the light bulbs are intact or that your oil is topped up in your car or make sure if your front step's not right they can come and level a step for you or they can do a little plumbing for you or fix a leaky faucet and you know the, it goes on and on and on and it probably it goes um that way um you know with women and families with um helping out a uh, maybe a single father, whatever it is like that. But I noticed that less or hardly any of my um, father's side has come around since my father passed away. It's like we don't even know them. The only time I saw some of them was around the time of one of my relatives passing. And I haven't seen any of them since unless by accident. So it's like, wow. One thing it shows me is the lack of respect and love they have for the rest of us and my mother because nothing's changed on this side and it shows me also that the love or expectation that they had from my father somehow I feel that maybe my dad either he talked a big game or he really did have more than I knew I mean being the youngest there's a lot of stuff I wasn't privy to but when he passed it was like we all died <laughs> sad to say and the funny thing is though and I know I've got off topic but um, it's wonderful to see like let me let me let me get, put it to you this way 
And this is probably the realest thing I might ever say on this this um, podcast. Now, my parents, okay, my father came up in Canada in about 1965. I think he he got full time at the job that he basically retired from. Um, 66, he got that. I think he, he worked in the same um, company for around 22 years, I believe. Um, but he sponsored who did list which he's sponsored a, a good amount of people but let's just think of three people he sponsored um him and my mother sponsored my aunt from england and her kids and one of those children um well a few of them <laughs> they have um kids that are very brilliant now I'm not saying that just being sponsored to this country has helped their brilliance but it did as it did for we us as a family as well, um, give them access to certain things that they possibly didn't have access to, or maybe it even made them worse. But I know that there are certain people in my family, I was going to point out a few, but I figured I'd just keep it under wraps. But the bottom line is there are a few proper <laughs> educated degrees in um, the family and in this country, and it's in direct correlation to... Um, my parents sponsoring other family members to this country now not to say that there was nobody else that could have helped these people i don't really know it's possible that he was at that time it's very likely that some of them at least would not have come to this country um and i mean who knows what their lives other people's lives could have been elsewhere but i know that there are some there's a few um degrees in my family from some of the more accredited um universities in my area <laughs> and I'm not saying that he needs to take credit or I need to give him credit for it, but helping a family that you are helping your family <laughs> um, do anything, as, even if it's just signing your name on a piece of paper to say, yes, this person is not a crook and they will be a helpful um, addition to society may give somebody a leg up and you never know what they can do or their children may be able to do after them. And I will say in this country, my parents are responsible for a few people who have made a success of themselves. But um, the funny thing is, it's just I don't see the turnaround, you know, and I can honestly say that I haven't done half as much as my parents have done in that respect. And we all get about the same amount <laughs> of respect for what we've done. And that's sad. Anyhow, I'm going to move on. How have you dealt with conflicts within teams? And have you found that your approach to conflicts resolution has been influenced by your personal experience and background? Generally, in an argument, in a disagreement, in any type of a conflict... I try to take the middle until I know what's going on and then I would speak reason to both individuals embroiled in the conflict. And I have found that my approach to conflict resolution generally tends to be appreciated in the end and not necessarily appreciate in the beginning. And the reason being is that one thing that I've lacked on is knowing how to show proper empathy, empathy right when the situation happens between teammates. Because sometimes all I do is see the cut and dry. This is wrong. This is wrong. Yes, they did that. And you really were really, really impacted. But also you did that, which also impacted the impact that's been impacted on you. <laughs> Hopefully someone could um, decipher what I meant. But basically, there's always two sides or three sides, as they say. Three sides of a story, right? Your side, their side, and God's side. And, you know, many times we can, you know, we can generally only see our point of view. Unless somebody takes a video and um, then you see it from maybe another angle, but then you still have your heart. So it's still going to make you see situations from a certain standpoint. And that's just the way it is. 
So, you know, my culture, <laughs> I can't say that um, my culture has really um, had any really influence besides my culture as far as, or my background, I guess, um, just from what I've experienced. It's just better to be a good teammate. It's better to throw hands with your teammate. Yeah, your teammate's not always right. Sometimes you can um, do your best to face them and let them know what they're doing and not be a yes man because a lot of time yes man and people who tell you what you want to hear most of the time in the end of the day will end up hurting you more than those people who constantly disagree with you a lot of the time people find out that those who are just as feisty as they are tends to help that person sharpen their skills and hone their skills because they can understand that somebody might take your position at any time if that person is as talented or as gifted as you are. Let's see. Have you ever faced discrimination or bias in a workplace related to your race, gender, or family situation? And how have you addressed um, this within the team you know there's always been like certain snide comments um, there's sometimes you you might be trusted more <laughs> because of your culture or your color depending on who your supervisor or your other teammates are um, I have but they've been very slight and, you know and sometimes I've totally um, decided that I wasn't walking through the door and there's sometimes that I just walked through the door, it was open because of, and I've walked through the door in past, in my past, you know, more of my youth. Nowadays, I tend to call out things where they are, you know, especially when it deals with um, race or more, even more than race, I would say my beliefs. Like sometimes I have a hard time understanding why certain things are okay for people and then they have no respect for like say Christianity, it's funny. I said, you know, the oftentimes, the times that I've heard people say in a, in a workplace, they use the name, and I've said this a little bit before, and it, I guess because it really bugs and really gnaws at me. I've heard people say Jesus Christ as a swear word. You know, like, you know, a guy, he drops his coffee in the office, the coffee goes everywhere, you hear that. And I'm saying, you're hearing Jesus Christ, and it's like, Really? I thought you were dealing with inclusivity and all that other stuff that you guys talk about. And then you might say some, what you would think to be a simple um, thing that you've learned in this society and don't mean anything offensive about it at all. And you're not letting out frustration using verbal language from other religions or races or whatever it is, but yet you'll be ostracized a lot more than they will when they're using those such, those things or, you know, or people not understanding why a lot of black people don't like to be called brother. <laughs> or when, you know, somebody sees you somewhere and something's going on and they're trying to talk and have a conversation with you, they'll go, Yaman, or they'll put on a little bit like, because obviously my family is Jamaican, put on a little um, Jafakian accent to um, more get along with people like that I tend to just um, you know let them be them because you know sometimes it, you know there is obviously there's ignorance in some when they're doing it but a lot of times some people just don't know what to do and they don't know how to be so they think if they take on <laughs> something from your culture that it'll give them kind of an in with you maybe help you to feel like they can be trusted so a lot of time when I see that kind of stuff, if I can tell that it's not done in a condescending way at all, or if I'm not sure, then I just give the person the benefit of the doubt. I don't think everybody's out here to, to finish you, you know? So that's about it. Let's see, was there another question? Let's see. Oh, I didn't answer that. Well, um... Let's see, and how have you addressed it with the team and my family situation? My family situation has really cut up, come up. And if it has to other people and how they treat me, I haven't noticed. 
because I mean, yeah, that's, mm, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I won't say much more on that. All right. Let's see, what else can I do now? How much time have I wasted? Uh, it's just a half an hour. What if I can do a few more questions? Or maybe there is this. Okay, let's see. Yeah, I was going to do... Let's see. In what ways do you think your personal background is granted to the university positioned you to contribute to benefit from effective teamwork? Um, I can contribute and benefit from the work experiences and the life background or the family cultural backgrounds or the Christian background, I would say more or less just the Christian values that I was brought up in, whether or not I'm a Christian. I was that brought up in the time when, you know, there used to be the Lord's Prayer at the beginning and every day of every day. And we knew that there was something to being your brother's keeper. There was something to being not an eye for an eye person, but very protective. There was something Knowing about love covers a multitude of sin. There was, you know, just I am my brother's keeper, my sister's keeper, and taking care of those who you are in arms with in whichever situation, whether it be war, whether it be sports, whether it be a debate, whether it be a discussion, whether it just be in life. It's always best to be a help to other people. And also knowing when to accept help from other people and not trying to strain yourself by like what my dad did one time and he tried to, he was a senior and he was trying to lift like a 50 pound or maybe more pound TV and he went down with the TV and there was nothing I could do. I was behind him as he was going down and I never forget there it was this, the carp, the, no, the, the flooring that we had, it was a vinyl. So it, he put a dug, a dig into it and, um, you know, it's kind of funny what you, you miss from your parents but when they got the the house retiled it's like oh man that spot's gone because i used to walk by it often and remember the spot where my dad went down with the tv and he didn't get hurt but it was just he was a tough old guy but um it was just a, a, a story he's like wow my big dad my big strong dad is going down with his tv and he held on like a champ and i was like i, I had a lot of respect for him that day it, it's the weirdest thing I mean, he provided for the family over all the years that I was around. He um, provided a, a safe environment for the most part and um, food in my stomach, uh, shoes on my feet and clothes on my back and stuff. And the greatest thing that I ever saw him do was to try to help me by clearing out and taking a TV that he thought he could still lift. And to watch him hold on to that TV as, as he went down, as it brought him to his knees. When he made a few steps, and then he turned around a corner, and then he, I think he hooked on to the side. And all it took was a little bit of something to set him off, and he went down with it. Oh, that was that was something else to see. That was something I can't explain it to you. Uh, let's see. What are the key responsibilities of a team leader? We're going into team leadership. Um, the team leadership is, I think the main thing is to see that your team is running like as, as well of a oiled machine that everybody is, is, um, working at their best capacity. Everybody is supporting everybody else. And the goal of each, um, team member seeing that the goal of each team member is for the betterment of the team and each individual at the same time and a lot of time that can be a balancing act sometimes it is difficult to know how to um cut slack over here but not causing weight over there and that is the balancing act that a good team leader knows how to um, deal with along with being um a good individual to be able to add input regular input regular criticism and regular support and probably in the other um <clears throat> the other direction how i said that giving your team members support and letting them know that you support them and you're willing to help and you're not asking them to do anything that you will not do or nothing that you haven't done one of those or, the, or a mixture of both 
um, just letting them know that you don't try to exalt yourself above them means so much to any team. How can a team leader, <coughs> sorry guys, effectively effectively <coughs> communicate with their team members to ensure that everyone is on the same page and working towards the same goal? Um, well, for me, it would be um, checking in, checking in and having constant dialogues with your team. You can't just assume everybody's on the same page i mean you could think of um a husband and wife or think of a a a game of hockey um let's just say you're a person you understand hockey a little bit and you carry the puck in to the um offensive side over center ice and say you're carrying it or another care um another teammate is carrying it in we kind of have to know whether our plan is to dump it in and somebody go and chase it to get it to pass it out to score or we have to know that the individual carrying say the puck is going in to try to score themselves or if they're just going to fake going in they're going to pass it off or like um with the husband and wife if you don't understand hockey um those are just the two things that i like we're a team we're a couple right um in this situation you have to know that when you're making a paycheck and maybe the other person's making a paycheck or whatever the situation is that you have a plan you know if you have a plan and you can execute the plan i mean maybe that's what i should have started off with the sports or the hockey um, example is that if you make a plan or you make plans the the goal should be that everybody should be able to work towards that goal in an agreement to work towards that goal and to help each other. Now, if there's one person possibly out of line just trying to guide where the team's going or how the, the relationship's going, the other person's just supposed to follow blindly or dumbly or just kind of concede and don't question that authority or question that um, standpoint, then you're not going to end up that successful. You might be able to drag some of your teammates in a direction for a while, but eventually everything's going to crumble and fall if there's not some sort of understanding. And it's not just an understanding to say that I'm the lead and you do what I say. And a lot of people try to lead like that. And in most cases, those people end up not being very successful for a long period of time. Or if they are successful, they're generally only successful for themselves. And there's usually a lot of difference in the outcome for themselves and their teammates. According to what I see. Let's see. How can a team leader effectively communicate with their team members to ensure that everyone is on the same page? We did that just now. And working towards the same goal. And I guess, again, you you, you have to check in. You have to check in. So, like you say, you you set up a team. Maybe you, you did some team bonding. You um, help to develop some rules and how you deal with each other or you have those rules, hopefully from the Bible as a married couple or you've gone over some type of playbook. Then you make a plan as to who's going to execute what and what exa- or no, what you're going to do, what your goal is, and then figure out whose responsibility is to do what. What is the contingency plan just in case you have to switch roles or you have to switch jobs or you need to fix something because something's not working. The best thing I can say for that is is communication. And communication, you know, you have a plan, you set the plan, how you carry out the plan. Um, You have communication going back and forth to see how that plan is working out. Um, If it's working, maybe you can push it to be more successful, more, um, more productive. Otherwise, if something's not working, then how to fix it and go in another direction to also make you more successful as a team again. What are the key traits that a team leader should possess, such as empathy, patience, accountability? Um, I mean, <laughs> empathy, you, you have to have a heart. You can't just be only... Um, concerned with outcome how many goals um 
how many carrots on your your diamond ring uh, how many times you get to leave the country as a couple for a vacation um, how big your house is how big your car is how much money do you have in the bank how well clothed are your children did you have steak or did you have lobster or did you eat ramen and noodles and corned beef and corn like more than having in all those things um, if you're showing patience and if there is accountability, you, you, you misstepped, you did something wrong. Is there accountability for what you did? Is there patience when somebody else falls? Is there patience when the individual on your team has not been able to um, crack the, the, the upper echelon of a certain situations as you maybe tend to, as people, we tend to compare people to past relationships or other people's marriages or other people's houses or other people's lawns or cars or holdings or whatever it is. Are you really, really for your team or are you for yourself? Do you believe that you just um, deserve everything good and everything that happens around you should be only positive for you because you believe that you're a good person. If that's what you believe, then you're going to be sorely mistaken and sorely troubled when things aren't working your way. How can a team leader motivate and inspire their team members to achieve their goals and perform at the best, at their best? Um, I believe the best way to motivate individuals is to motivate them and inspire them by your hard work and your dedication and your commitment to the team and the team members, but firstly the team members and then the team, letting each individual on your team as a leader know that they are important and they and their feelings count and you can go from there and with your hard work and your willing to, willingness to lead and support will lead your team very, very far. And if you don't have those things, you can't do it. You can try, you can fake the funk for a while, but you're not gonna be very successful. What are the best practices for providing? And hold on, I'm not gonna say you can't be successful if you're all for yourself as a team leader. And usually even those team leaders that are a little bit um, maybe uh, maniacal or <laughs> a little bit psychopathic or a little bit selfish, um, they will, if you notice those people, even they will compensate. They will help other team members. Now, they may be only helping the other team members just for the greater goal of the team or so they can win, but they're going to help. Whether their motivation is right, that's a whole other story. What are the best practices for providing constructive feedback and criticisms to team members and how can a team leader help their team members grow and develop professionally? Well, best practices, I would say, you know, when, when giving constructive criticism, try not to be too negative, you know, and if you're going to at all decide to give some constructive feedback make sure you don't focus on only the negative things make sure you give some credence and some time some some uh, lip service to what the individual attempted to do right if anything you can find something you can always find a little bit of positive in every negative in most cases things can always be worse even if just by a little bit and um so being open to giving honest, constructive feedback, but at the same time doing your best, your absolute best, not to tear down the individual that um, maybe slipped up here or there, or maybe who could have done more or been more successful in what they did. Maybe they could have scored six goals instead of four goals, but they were hot dogging it or they didn't pass, you know, or maybe you could have got a better return on something or did a better job in the garden if you only asked um, where to plant the geraniums or you know what I mean like you put them in all sun when it needed a little shade like sometimes just being able to ask questions so there's always something that can be done and hamp and there can always be something that can be hampered just by someone not thinking of the team and the greater good of the goal for the team or the individuals that you're working with.
how can a team leader effectively manage conflicts with their team and promote a culture of open communication and collaboration? Um, the best thing I can say, honestly, is just caring about individuals, having empathy and being honest. And above all, just communication, honest and open, caring, loving communication can can fix so many things. There are going to be conflicts you're dealing with people from different backgrounds, different belief systems, different abilities, different skills, different mindsets, different shortcomings, you know, and if you kind of consider that the people that you're dealing with on a team are multifaceted people with various um, abilities, levels of ability and know-how and skill, then you will not um, overestimate somebody, you will not underestimate people, you will care for individuals as individuals and develop um, a, a place where people can be, be there <laughs> to um, communicate to you what's going on as well. There's nothing worse than being a good manager, or a good boss or a good team lead and your the individuals in your team are not willing to or unable to talk to you about any situation that affects the team. What are the best ways to build trust and respect between a team leader and their members? And how can this contribute to the success of the team? Well, you know, not micromanaging people, first of all. You have to let people fail and you have to let people succeed without you being all over everything. And just letting other people know that you respect their ability to make decisions and maybe you draw the line here and there because you have to make ultimate decisions but knowing also that when somebody's really excelling in something that you let them make more um, um what do you call it decisions accordingly or when you know someone you can see it or when they communicate to you that they're over the head then maybe you pull back the reins a bit and you see where you can come in or another team member you maybe you can delegate that can come in behind or beside the other person to help them to be successful for the team how can a team leader promote diversity and inclusion inclusivity inclusivity sorry with their team and ensure that everyone feels valued and respected well i just believe we are diverse we are people who are diverse period I don't need, think you need all those extra little labels that everybody's putting on everything nowadays is getting confusing. I think basically if you just cut to the chase and say we value and we respect each individual, period. Now, I may not value or respect every choice and everything that you do, especially in your private life. But as you as an individual, a working individual who is there to do a job, who is there to support the team, who is there to work with others in the team and for the greater good of the team or whatever the goals and the plans are, then I think if everybody is valued and respected, just alone, just knowing that they are another individual, then I think your team can be successful just from that alone. What are some of the effective strategies for managing time and resources and, and ensuring that projects are completed on time within a budget. Well, I think you, if you set the, you set your budget, you, you let it be known to those who need it need to be let known by what the budget is and um, really factor in or really go over the budget and make sure that you know where the spending is going to happen and um, how to execute to make sure that things are done in within a budget and constant um, revisiting the situation to make sure that everything is in line with that budget so that you can be on point, whether you need to be exact or whether you need to spend a little bit more um, or you need to spend a little less or that maybe things are getting out of hand or there's something that happened that you didn't expect and you know being able to develop quick contingency plans or plan A's and B's when um, things haven't gone according to plan is very important. Knowing how to adapt and being flexible and being able to go on the fly um, can really help a team as well. Okay, last question. How can a team leader effectively balance the needs and priorities of the team 
within the needs and priorities of organization as a whole. It depends who you are. For me, I try to make sure that every individual is a solid individual. Every peg, every spoke, <laughs> if you want to say, if you have to back it down, every pawn is in the best possible position, but before their position, the best possible shape to provide and receive the most um, support um, that they're 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 ready to do the job. They're able to do the job. They're in the place where they can do the job. They care about the others that are on the team ready to do a job, and that where everybody is focused and know. Yes, we have a plan. We have a goal. There is a focus. Who is going to do what? What will have to be sacrificed? What will have to be given? And once you can put all these things together, knowing that we were all individuals and we are not in this day and age forced to be on any specific team, and we could change teams whenever we want, but knowing that each individual, while they are on your team, that they matter and let's see what we can do to be a success. Anyhow, that's my two cents on teamwork and a little a little extra on what it is to be a good team leader. This is MCM and you have been listening to your probably right podcast and hopefully you'll be here again. Oh, by the way, listen, everyone, I'm trying to promote this podcast. If you are a regular listener of this podcast and you think that there is some value in this podcast somewhere, maybe it's just to come listen to the idiot box, (laughs) the idiot's on, and he rambles on and helps you to um, do a good job mopping the floor at your house. Or maybe he's just a goof that you like to um, sit around with your friends on a Friday evening in the sunshine and laugh at somebody giving nothing but bad answers. And it causes those around you to have a conversation or just a laugh. Then I appreciate it. And all I'm asking you to do, please, I'm just asking you to support me by sharing my podcast or going on one of the sites like I think um, a Google or an Apple and rate the podcast how about that when when you type in google and you type in you probably write podcast and it says it's by mcm and you see my big face and they ask you to rate it if you could just take the two seconds and rate it if that's all you can do you don't want to share it you don't want anybody to know that you're listening to your probably write podcast with mcm then i'm just asking you please if it is favorable if you could um rate me and give me a favorable one that would be really nice it would help me out as i said one day i'm hoping that maybe i'll be able to eat off of this endeavor in one way shape or form whether it is here or with somebody else doing another podcast or maybe on a radio which used to be my ultimate um, dream as far as um well beyond being an athlete of course so anyhow if you can support in that way i really appreciate it thanks for coming out thanks you for listening and um talk to you again. Take care. MCM out. Hey, come check out You Probably Write Podcast. Society is getting more unpredictable every day, but at the same time, predictable in its unpredictability. Say that four times real fast. Come with me as I attempt to find clarity in all the fog while staying way outside the box and kicking the box way down the road with my size 12 docks. <laughs> I use the Bible, experience, education, fortune, misfortune, life's lessons, life's mistakes to sort through all the mess. I talk about news, God, uh oh, yeah, God, self help, sports, sickness, health, music, parenting, love, humbleness, hurt, pain, joy, and all the things that might make you say, hmm, I never thought of it that way. Hopefully, anyway. Also, I take a stab at answering tough and not so tough questions and all the while understand that listen sometimes you end up in the hot seat and there's no thermostat well that's how it is here and because there's no topic well very few topics off the table Torontonians will understand that Doug Ford reference there 
(laughs) Hopefully the podcast will be helpful and uplifting. And hey, maybe you'll find your own private Idaho here somewhere. Hope to see you soon.